everyone. Welcome back to episode number six of Two Catholic Dudes. We have made it past five episodes. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, my name is Ryan Klaus. And my name is Danny Cleary. And as always, we are not priests. We are not theologians. We are just two Catholic dudes, and we are talking about our faith. Absolutely. And today, oh, super excited. Again, I'm always super excited. Are you super pumped? Super pumped <laughs> about today's topic. We're going to talk about retreats. Uh, what makes a good retreat, a little bit of our experience on being on retreats, leading retreats, uh, what have you. So uh, I'm really, really excited. I have been on a lot of retreats. Yeah, and different and retreats from different places. And I'm sure you have been, and you've been leading a lot of retreats. I've never actually led a retreat, but I've been a part of and played music at a lot of retreats. Um, so I think we have a lot of different perspectives that we can bring to this Absolutely. topic yeah. that will be enlightening to a lot of people on how to create and craft a engaging retreat that, that helps bring kids closer. And of course, on retreat, uh, crazy stuff happens, so we're probably going to end up talking about that too. So Yeah, a lot of wacky uh, stuff as, does happen on always. retreats. Uh, but before we get into all that, we got to, of course, uh, shout out our social media. Uh, please make sure that you're following us on Instagram at two, underscore two Catholic dudes. On Instagram. On Instagram is underscore two Catholic dudes. Two Catholic dudes on Facebook. You can like our page. Two Catholic dudes on Twitter. Twitter's our weak game right now, but... We'll step it Follow up. We'll anyway. step it up if you guys step it up. Yeah. But we got a lot of great comments from our last podcast. Thanks yeah. for all the support on that. Uh, we got a lot of comments on our YouTube platform. Uh, if you comment right there, that's what helps that algorithm and people find us uh, more easily, and that's going to help our channel grow. Yeah, and of course, speaking of helping our channel grow, we do want to. We did get another patron on Patreon. All right, we got a shout out. Um, and you know what they always say. There's no one more supportive in your life than your mom. Aww. And so uh, my mom, Julie Cleary, uh, jumped on and is supporting us on Patreon. Thanks, Mom. Thank you, Julie. Appreciate You're the best. it. Um, Love so you. So anyone that can, uh, that if you feel... Uh, inspired and, and and you have the means to do so, we would love and appreciate that support on Patreon so we can keep this thing going and uh, and do bigger things. So that's patreon.com forward slash two Catholic dudes. If you have trouble figuring out how to do it, just send us a message and we will direct you on your way. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into the topic of today. Retreats. Retreats are so important in any youth program and confirmation program. A lot of the times when you ask teens, like, what was the big thing that inspired you during confirmation? They're going to say the retreat. At least, you know, you'd hope so. I hope so. But uh, we go to a lot of, like, after confirmation retreats, like the, you know, post-confirmation. And a lot of the times they'll get up and give testimonies and they'll go, my life changed when I went on my confirmation retreat. So we hear it all the time. So retreats are a huge part of uh, these teens' lives and their spiritual growth. Uh, but I think that... They can be done really, really awesome, but I think that there's a lot of times where people struggle. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people where they're like, hey, like, what do I, how do I make my retreat a little more engaging, or how can I uh, step up my retreat game a little bit? So I think I just felt yeah. called to talk about it. Yeah, you know, we, we go to these summer camps where these kids just got confirmed, and we hear a lot of what you said where their conversion story was on their retreat, right. and that's an amazing thing, but... One thing to note is that these kids that go to these summer camps want to be there. Um, and so they're going to be the standouts. They're going to be the kids that had an amazing uh, confirmation retreat there that had a great experience. So we're coming from a perspective of 
uh, well, hopefully putting on great retreats and then being at summer camps and, and post-confirmation retreats where kids did have a good experience. But we know that there are kids that didn't have quite as an amazing experience. and We don't get to hear from a lot of those kids. Right. So, you know, we can come and bring the perspective of what you can do to make it great. We've seen a couple retreats that aren't so good. And we might be able to comment on how to elevate those to the next level. Of course. Yeah. And and a lot of the times I think that people get discouraged if they don't have the uh, the the facility of their dreams or the volunteers that would make it all possible. But like you can make a great retreat uh, out of anything if you you have to put that faith and that trust in Christ. And there's a couple key little things that like you can do that will really help and elevate that retreat. And I, I, I want to share a couple of my things that I've learned over the time doing retreats and stuff like that from making a lot of mistakes is how I learned most of them. Uh, but like little things that can help people out. That's super wise. I tell, I, I teach guitar, I teach piano, I teach a lot of lessons and a lot of times kids come to me and they have like a starter guitar, like from target or Costco. It's like $40 awesome. guitar. Well, I mean, all right, at some point, you just can't play the guitar. You can't tune it. The strings don't go on it. So, I mean, you got to at least get maybe a $75 guitar. Sure. But it's it's real bad, right? Right. Um, but it, at least uh, most of the time they come and it's a playable guitar. And they look at my guitars and they're like, oh, man, if, if only I had the gear that you have and I had the guitar that you have and all those pedals and the amps and stuff, then I could be a great guitarist. I go, no, 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 no. You don't need any of that. Like make that seventy-five guitar, $75 guitar sing. I, I want you to be able to rock on that thing. Make that sound amazing. Then when you get the great equipment, you're going to be that much better. But if you're only awesome. relying on the equipment itself, you're not going to have anything to stand on. So relate that to yeah, that's great you, your, your confirmation retreats and I think you'll be all right. Yeah. Wow. That was a great analogy. You're welcome. Well done. Wow. Music always always comes into play. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things that I think uh, that helps retreats and that people struggle with is the culture of your retreat. Uh, I, I've seen it really well, but I've also seen it not work out super well. Um, when I was uh, kind of growing up and being on the team uh, or being on a leadership team when I was in high school and stuff, uh, we struggled with making it like all about us you know like how much fun are we going to have what are we going to get out of this retreat and the teens that we were putting on the retreat for was almost secondary to it's like you our were, experience it's like they were getting hazed and that they the only reason that they would want to be on the team is so that they could haze the next people coming in. exactly like or it was like the <clears throat> the leadership we we were wanted to be on the leadership team so that we could go on the retreat again instead of helping these other people to have a good retreat at least personally that's how i was and i know that that was a struggle there was some awesome people obviously but there was i think a lot of uh, the culture was set in that way uh and it wasn't until we had some change up in leadership and some moving parts and things like that that changed the culture of like why are we here like what are we really what's the goal of our retreat and I think that if you have, you have to establish that ahead of time before you even go on the retreat and make sure that people know that like the retreat is for whoever the participants are, whoever that may be. Maybe you're doing a men's retreat or a women's retreat, whoever the people that are signed up to go and, and go on that retreat experience, that's got to be your focus is how do we give them an avenue for Christ on this retreat? How do we show them God on this retreat? You're going to get something out of it when you're helping a retreat, no matter what, like 
You just are. You're going to have a great experience. But ultimately, if you put your priority in the people that are on that retreat, that's going to make the experience 10 times better for everyone, I think. Yeah. Um, Uh, I see that in your retreats. When I go to, I often play music at your retreats and I help lead games and and, and be a leader in, in certain fashions. But I see you put those young adults and the peer ministers and the peer leaders, you put them to work, man. Like they, but. I think they get so much more out of that because they know that they're doing good for the confirmande, that they that they have a purpose, that they're not just coming up to socialize with their with their peers, but they are doing something good. But like, man, you work their butts off. Yeah, you know, it, it comes down to the reason that I do it is because we know the impact a retreat can have on a young person. We've seen it time and time again that a retreat can be the catalyst to what starts their faith journey. It can take a kid that got there on a Friday and wanted no part of faith to Sunday falling in love with Christ. It happens. We've seen it happen. And so I try to present my to my team when I'm leading a team or directing a team is we need to treat this retreat with that level of importance. That we want every kid to have that experience. Every kid to get there Friday and be completely changed and in love with Christ by Sunday. And we're going to have to work for it. Like, that doesn't just happen because you show up and hooray. Like, like, amen, the Holy Spirit is a powerful thing. But you need to put in the work to create those avenues for these teens to encounter or for whoever to encounter that Holy Spirit. And sometimes that takes hard work. Let's talk about that work because... We're about to have our first planning meeting for the confirmation season yeah. and for the retreat. And so we're going to start planning for the year two confirmation retreat for our church at Holy Cross this month. And the retreat is until February. And we have meetings every single Sunday or pretty much. Uh, well, y- once the adults is like once a month, the like core team. And then once the, the high school students are selected that are going to be our volunteers, then it's three months of every single week. Wow. And then at the end, you're like every every single week. These and these kids have certain skits that they do and they're practicing these skits for weeks on end before the retreat. Well, it it comes down to this. And that like I was saying, culture, that's the number one thing. But number two, it's perfect way that you brought it up is preparation. You have got to prepare. And I think a lot of times that people will kind of show up and they'll go, ah, well, we've already done it for years and years and years. I try to treat every single retreat like it's the first one I've ever done because it, where it may be the 10th time I've done this retreat for the confirmation students or whoever's going on retreat, it's their first time and maybe their only time. So I've got to give them my very best. I got to start remembering that more when it comes to choir practice too, because I'm guilty of that. I played table of plenty for like 25 years. I know that song by heart, but a kid that might just join choir maybe has never heard that song. And I'm like, all right, guys, let's hit table plenty. Let's just skip it. We've, we've done this so much. Yeah, you guys know it. Time. You guys know it. And but like that kid might not know it. So we, we better do it. Like it's the first time we've ever played. Exactly. It, right? And that's what you're saying. Like, especially like we skits are a big part of my retreat personally. And because I think it's just a really good way to dramatize, um, uh, things that their teens are going through in their life. So, but, I could do these skits with my eyes closed, right? And I have come people on my team that can do it with their eyes closed, but I'm, I have them rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it because then if it's important to them, it'll be, then that will project out and then the teens will see how important it is because yeah. they can see, you can see when you put hard work in anything, it shows the level of importance that you're putting into it. 
Yeah, and I've seen these kids take ownerships in, oh, yeah. in all of their parts. And even if it's the, the smallest part, like they're proud of what they can add to that skit. Yeah, because you never know how you're going to uh, enter a kid's heart. You know, you never know what role is going to be. Maybe maybe it's in a small group. Maybe it's doing a skit. Maybe it's doing a talk, whatever. You never know what each teen, each participant on a retreat is different and needs a different level of connection. And you just yeah. never know when you're up there. Yeah. And so I think that the preparation is key. If, if you think you're going to go up and just uh, knock out one rehearsal at the retreat center 20 minutes before you're supposed to do it, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. You know? Um, and you, but you have to, here's, and, and what you have to do, people that are leading retreats that, that may be listening is you have to keep your team accountable. Everybody's got busy schedules. Everyone's busy. But if you're, if you're going to do a retreat really well, the preparation time, you need to keep people accountable. They got to show up and put in that time to be accountable. If it's just like, ah, well, I can't make it to any of the meetings, but like, I'll be there for the weekend. Like for me, that doesn't work. That doesn't work for me. No, you need to be part of the preparation so that, because you need to show that you want to put in the time and the effort to help to make this retreat the best it can possibly be. Um, because if you're willing to just kind of, eh, I don't know, I'll get there when I get there. Like that, that just shows me the effort you're going to put into the retreat and the, the teens and the people on the retreat deserve a better effort. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, this may sound I, harsh, but I keep, I keep going back to choir, but it's the same thing. If somebody says, Hey, I want to join the choir, but can I just show up and sing at mass? I've heard all the songs before. No, you got to come to practice yeah. and you got to, you got to work with us. Uh, there are exceptions that can be made, but it's, I generally only make them for people that have been singing in the choir for like three or four years that have been with us week in, week out. And then, sure. then something comes up and they go, Hey, I, I have to miss the next three months. Can I just sing on Sundays? Yes, well, but like and there's different levels. Like for instance, I have I've had the same tech guy on my retreat for ten years, and he doesn't come to any of the practices. He just shows up at the retreat and does his job. But like he's been doing it for a really long time, and he's not like he's not a child. Yeah, he's not a child, <laughs> and he's just he's in charge of what he's in charge of, you know. So it's it's there's different levels, obviously. Exactly. But I think that also keeping people accountable in preparation adds to that culture, and it gives you the the culture that you need of strong leadership. Let's go back to the culture because one thing that I thought of when we were talking about hazing earlier mm-hmm. was pranks. Uh, did you ever do pranks when, you, like you said, your culture was bad before when you were a part of it? Was there any pranks or anything going on um, then? <laughs> Here's the deal. I still do pranks now when I'm in charge of the retreat. Okay. But okay. it's knowing when to do them and like, to the extent that you're doing them where the line is where the line is when it's appropriate stuff like that so um, give me, a, give I think me an they example can be, i think they can be a fun like sometimes like tradition is part of a retreat like and, and i think that i mean our catholic faith is rooted in tradition so i think your retreat can have a little bit of tradition and it could be as simple as the friday before we all wear sweatpants that's what the team used to do. We'd all wear sweatpants on Friday. That was the tradition. That's or, fun. you know, whatever. Well, you have like shoes, right? Don't are there certain shoes you wear on your retreat? That's that's a my thing. Yeah, okay. I have I've have, I've had the same pair of shoes on every retreat I've ever been on. All right, these aren't pranks though. Let's talk about Yeah, so the pranks ways. is when I was in high school, the pranks were bad. Like to the point where like it could ruin someone's retreat. Like putting toothpaste on someone's pillow or like at like lunch, you're like pouring hot sauce into their water or something. Like, that's not really like a prank. That's like being mean, and that's like that's the kind of stuff like I 
now would jump on immediately and be like, that's that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, like that's not going to work. Or I've seen uh, certain camps do wake up calls in the middle of the night, like throwing like spraying Don't kids with water when they're sleeping. Don't get me started on wake up calls. <laughs> I think that's the worst idea ever. Um, they got so much going on for the weekend. Like why ruin their sleep? It's- well, here's. <laughs> On that note, I know we're I got of, you started. We're, we're jumping around a little bit, but on that note of like wake up calls and like, uh, or like when people do things like really late at night, when you're on a retreat, whether you're an adult or a teen, you have very little time that's your own. All your other time is dedicated to whatever's happening on the retreat. And we ask people, give everything you've got to the retreat. But if we're then going to interrupt their only time for themselves with nonsense or with whatever i think we're hint we're, we're working against ourselves if it's like this person wants to wake up to their alarm and brush their teeth and whatever so that they can get ready to go join the retreat and we're going to be bothering them by playing drums and banging around and screaming or whatever happens while they're trying to get up it just starts the day off on a foot where it's like hmm Great. And now all they're going to think about, I, I've I, only because I've done it. I've made the mistake of doing these crazy wake up calls where I'm like, let's blast uh, some music right when they get up. And then the whole day, all the teen is doing is like, yeah, my, I'm not feeling great today because I got woken up way earlier than I expected to. And I'm just like, Ugh. and now you're now setting the tone incorrectly. You're taking them out of the whole day. Exactly. That's and that's how I feel. That's my personal feel on that. And if I'm leading a retreat, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Personally, I think. Uh, I, I can give you a stupid example of a prank, but I think uh, anything, I don't think any prank should be done to the kids themselves. So like, for instance, here's one, here's one that we did with the leaders that was the dumbest thing ever. And it was the most harmless thing. Uh, we went on our summer camp last year. And, oh, I know what you're going to say. And uh, his brother, Brendan and I drove up I was the together. first victim of this prank. We went to um, In-N-Out. In-N-Out and I like a lot of ketchup. <laughs> Like when you, when you say a lot of ketchup, most people think like, Oh, you know, two or three, two or three of those. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll put like four or five with ketchup and, and my hamburger. It's like mostly ketchup. Anyway. So I go through, when you go through the drive through, they go, do you want any ketchup? I'm always like, yeah, throw me a lot. And when you say a lot and they throw like three of those little things in there, you can't get any ketchup out of those. So I said, give me a practical joke amount of ketchup. And, and oh man! They're like, what? Like, what like, does that even mean? I was like, yeah. Like move along. <laughs> they like dumped this whole thing into a bag. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, so we were driving up, and Brandon are like, what are we gonna do with all this ketchup? Like, I mean, I eat a lot of ketchup, but I'm not gonna eat that much. So we're like, oh, let's let's prank the guys, but like the dumbest way. Let's catch up them. Let's put it in weird places. And then like they find it and like, then they find it and then we jump out and we go, you got ketchup is the dumbest thing. So we put it in Danny's, uh, his luggage, it was in bag, my luggage. And we're yeah. like, Danny, have you now? And let me preface this. Hold on. Because like that sounds like there was ketchup all over my luggage. No, no, no. no, no, no it no. was in its individual package. Just in a bag. So I just picked up a bag full of ketchup packets. And I was like, what is this? I'm like you got ketchup. <laughs> like, in the most obnoxious way. Is this way. a prank? I don't. I couldn't tell if it was a prank or not. It was barely a prank. But then Danny was in on it, and then we tried to get somebody else. So we like put it in somebody's coffee mug. We're like, "Hey, Gabe, have you tried the coffee, coffee yet?" Yeah. And he's like, what? "What's going There's on?" There's ketchup, ketchup in, in here. here. We go. You got ketchup. But yeah, CK, so that's different. Like that's like innocent fun, and it, and like it, it like it was like low key. Um, what you don't want to do with like 
pranks and it's because it, like I, I'm pranks are funny. Like I like I like pranks. Uh, every time I go out of town, my uh, youth ministry leaders turn the youth room upside down. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's all good. Uh, but if the if the prank or the 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 goofiness becomes bigger than the retreat or whatever you're doing on the retreat, you've gone too far. Right. You've done too much uh, because now the focus isn't on Christ and the retreat. The focus is on this prank. And I've made the mistake of doing pranks that were too much, that were too big, and it took people out of it. And the focus was like, all people remember is, remember Danny's retreat, uh, prank on the retreat? Not, do you remember how I encountered Christ on that retreat? So like, Let's, you got to find a tasteful way. I, I, if you're going to, if you know, if you, if you're going to end up doing them. I think the perfect example of a prank that, that is exactly as much as it needs to be is what you do. You used to do at lunch on your confirmation retreats. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so I, because I went way too extreme on pranks for a while, I cut them completely. I'm like, no more. Like we're not doing them ever again. And then people were kind of like coming like, Danny, you used to be the prank master and now you're not doing anything. So I thought like, what's a fun thing we can do that's like a prank, but it's something that'll make the retreat memorable. Um, so me and a couple of my buddies, we bought uh, Power Ranger morph suits, like the whole, like the skin tight suits where you look like a Power Ranger. And during everyone's lunch, everyone's like eating lunch, we played on the loudspeaker, the Power Ranger theme song. And like one of our other friends who was wearing just like a like a bad guy morph suit came running out and he was like eating people's food and like bothering everyone. And everyone's like, what is happening? Like, what is going on? And then we play the Power Ranger song and the three of us would come running out and run through the tables and grab the bad guy and run, run away. And people were like, what just happened? Yeah, everyone was like, what is happening? This this is super weird. And then they're, then they're like, yay, they clap for him. Yeah. And then everyone's like, all right, right, back to lunch. So, yeah, back to lunch. And then so I went and we would get out of the suit and stuff, and people would be like, Danny, were you the Power Rangers? I'd be like, no. I don't You're like, what happened? I, would, I missed the Power Rangers? What a fun thing. And So, again, yeah, it's something silly, something stupid. If um, any of my teens really are listening quick, to this, I am not the white Power Ranger. Oh, yeah, Ranger. yeah, that wasn't Danny, for sure. Um, but something that's just really quick, you know, it's something to lighten the mood, but then you just move on and you continue with the treat, with the retreat. Yeah, it's just something fun that they can be like, oh, what a memory. And I remember like... Uh, I did like a slideshow at the end of the retreat and like I put a photo of the Power Ranger thing so everyone could remember like oh that was funny remember yeah, that yeah um, because you need those moments of remembering so things like talking the people things that people can talk about later but if like I said if the prank or the the goofiness or the whatever it is becomes more ultimate and becomes bigger than what you're trying to do on retreat then it's too much sure and you've gone too far and you got to be careful with that or if a lot of times I've seen that the leaders are putting more focus into what their prank is going to be than their small group or or the activities that they're like. If you're putting more effort into your prank than the activities on the actual retreat, too much. You, yep, then exactly. that's a culture that you don't want. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about the other side of the coin. We've talked okay. about silly things, but let's talk about the ways that we can really bring kids closer to Christ on these retreats. Let's talk about all the serious, all the all the really intense things that we can do to help them. Um, yeah, I think that it's being honest and being authentic and having people being willing to share. Uh, that's something really, really big that I will always advocate for. And that's why I love, we t we've talked about the saw retreat signed anointed to witness here in, in our area in the, in the Santa Barbara region. And that retreat is all about, uh, witnessing your faith. And I think that that is such a, uh, powerful thing. 
Uh, I know a lot of churches that call them testimonies. Yeah, testimonies, whatever. But having your leadership or you, the leader of the retreat, the youth minister, whatever, be willing to share your faith experience with the teens is huge. Because when a teen gets there, they're nervous, especially on a retreat. They're away from home. They're not, they've given up a weekend maybe or a week of their time. And they're not ready to open up. But if you're willing to open up and talk about your faith and your love for God and how God is involved in your life, it kind of shows your vulnerability and will allow the teens to then kind of feel more um, welcome to do that for themselves. You know what I mean? Exactly. A little caveat there, though. As a youth minister, you have to put in the work. You can't just say, oh, uh, you know, Charles over here is a great uh, peer minister. (laughs) You know, uh, good old oh, Charles. Oh, oh man! So like, let's just uh, let's just throw him in and do a and do a witness talk and never and have never heard it and just say, go ahead, go no. do your thing. You know, you gotta vet him. You gotta work with him. You gotta well, first of all, you gotta know that they have a good story. That's something meaningful that the kids want to hear. But um, that goes back to preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, no talk gets given on my retreats that I have not heard already, um, and because it empowers the teens. Say you want a teen to give a testimony on a retreat. Work with them, help them to cultivate it in a way that that they can feel empowered and confident in sharing that faith. Because if you just kind of go and be like, "Oh, just go talk about your uh, your grandma," you know, I only said Tyler was here like a couple mm-hmm. of days ago, so, and he just goes up there and goes, "Okay, um, well, the uh, my faith yeah. was really weak and strong." You might gone. get one. You get might get one of two things: a twenty second witness talk. Or, or like a forty-five minutes, yeah. Like he just goes rambling on, rambling because they have no sense of uh, purpose in the talk. You know how long and how engaging and and the, yeah, the but, structure of it. But not being afraid to, and I think I challenge more youth ministers to talk on your retreats. Open up about your faith and your personal life and your faith life and what what is calling you to be this minister of the youth. I think a lot of times us as youth ministers, like we put so much work into the retreat and by the time the retreat gets there, we're already burned out because we've done all this preparation on a personal side and we, we got everything. We're doing all the paperwork and everything else. And then we get there and we're like, okay, guys, it's all you go for it. Like, it'll be what it is. We're already here, but give the opportunity for the teens to see your faith and see you as more than just that uh, administrative or that, that, bigger youth minister person that they have to look up to like show them your humanity and your faith a little bit well here's the deal with that is we've made this mistake at holy cross before about wanting to have every peer leader young adult and adult there have a certain job and be able to lead a certain activity no matter what um and we found over the years that really the, the best way to go is to find the best person for the job to lead a certain activity or give a talk or lead a game or, or whatever it is. So you being the youth minister, you're probably the best at a lot of those things. So don't just say, oh, you know, I, uh, I'm, let me pass this off to a peer leader. Um, and that might be the most important talk of the retreat, but you're like, well, little Susie over here hasn't given any talks for the whole retreat. So I got to give her one. Yeah. She might be the worst speaker of, of the bunch, but you're like, Oh, well she hasn't done anything. So, um, let the best person for the job do any specific task. I think it comes down to empowering people for what their, their strengths are mm-hmm. is helping people define what their strengths are and their, um, you know, what they're best at. And that's not always, uh, you know, it, it may sound selfish 
like, ah, well, you know, I, I know I could give this the best and get the message across. But at the end of the day, that's the, what is the point of a retreat is to help teens to encounter Christ in a new way or help people on the retreat to encounter Christ in, in, in a way that's, um, can help them with a lasting effect. So you, you got to do the best that you can with that. Now that doesn't mean like, oh, well, we'll go back to Charles. Oh, Charles, Charles can't do anything. So he'll just kind of be there, but whatever, like be creative and find a way to help exactly that person to be involved in the retreat. Maybe it's not find help find their strengths and what they, what they can do. We're going to find creative ways to continue this podcast right now as I switch out the uh, camera. <laughs> so nice. stay with us. All right. And we're back. So uh, before we continue uh, what we were saying and do our wrap up, uh, let's do a coffee update. Is there, it's always a great time for a coffee update. We don't have any coffee. There's no coffee right here. So what's going on? Well, it's too hot. It's really hot. Uh, lately, and we started a little later than usual today. We yeah. slept in. So we're awake already. Yeah. Um, and it's way too hot. Like we have to shut all the windows in my house so we don't hear outside noise. And uh, yeah, it's, it's too, too much. Uh, but I have been drinking more coffee because I did take a vacation. I went up to Seattle to visit my brother. Right. And we had coffee like every day, sometimes <laughs> twice a day. And I was your brother like, oh, Ryan, you'll have you'll have a cup of coffee. He was super excited that I was uh, he was super pumped, super pumped <laughs> that I was having coffee. So, uh, yeah, we we tried a bunch of different places. I tried iced coffee, which was pretty gross wow, for me look at because you. Um, they said that would be easier to start developing the taste having iced coffee. And really? I was like, no way. The heat from the regular coffee is helping me get used to it. So I I, I still drank that one. Personal preference. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I, I drank a ton over the weekend, and that was pretty good. Right on. Well, hopefully, Nothing more uh, to report. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for when winter comes. We can get our... I don't think nice I'm going to be cup of Joe. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to be a, uh, a, a vanilla macchiato. latte macchiato or the uh, we're pumpkin spice. We're coming up to pumpkin spice territory right now. Yeah, that's not, uh, I that's get the not, same cup of coffee. Always, not this so. guy. All right. Anyway, so back to what we were talking about before. We we're talking about finding ways to utilize Charles and, and help. Uh, yeah. And help those people that want to be involved in your retreat that maybe uh, you don't know specifically like what maybe they're not a musician or they're not a speaker or whatever. Because we should always be welcoming of anyone that wants to help out, but it's finding creative ways to utilize them. Yeah, and you know, some kids they're they're not up, they're not meant to be up in front of everyone. That that's not their personality. But maybe they're an amazing leader. Maybe they're a great, they're fantastic in small groups. And so just coach them a little bit and make sure that they can feel empowered to help lead their small group and really be fantastic in that setting. And you know what? This also goes for like maybe say say you're leading a a confirmation retreat or something like that. And there's like a parent that really, really, really wants to be involved. We should be encouraging of that and welcome that. Even if it's like, I need someone to organize the snacks for snack time. Maybe that parent is willing to dive into that. They just want it to be part of the experience of the retreat. You know, everyone should be welcome to help out if you have the you know means to do so. But we should be welcoming people that want to be involved and, and all that, no matter what facet we have to you know, exactly. Like if you wanted to join the choir, we talked about this last week. You're not a musician. Nope. You've never played an instrument, but it, um, well, speaking of retreats, I was your bassist that one time. That's right. That's right. We'll talk about that when we talk about music on retreats. But so you're like, Hey man, I'm just feeling called to join your choir. And I'm like, sure. can you sing? You're like, no. no, can you play an instrument? No. Not really. I'm like, you know what? 
you're welcome to join us. Here's a shaker. We talked about that last oh, week. Oh, the shaker that we did talk about last week. You know, play the shaker in the back. You'll be great. You'll learn it. So here's the thing is uh, we, we have so much to talk about on retreats. I think, I'm thinking we're going to have to do a part two. Yeah, we're, I mean, we wanted to stick between 25 and 35 minutes for each yeah. podcast, and uh, we're already pretty much there, and we have so much more we want to talk about. Yeah, so, but let's, to, to just close at least this part, part one, is big tips on making a great retreat, uh, and it, it's got to be culture, establishing a culture of where Christ is the center and helping the, whoever's on this retreat encounter Christ, that's the center of the goal and that's the main goal of the retreat two is your preparation you got to put as much time as you can into preparing putting in the effort to make it empowering your team empowering your leaders and uh creating the best opportunities for everyone to succeed uh those are those are my two big tips for this episode yeah i think that's what we got out of this that's that's a lot that's a key those are key key things to get a really great great start on your retreats and we have so much more that we're going to talk about in the next one about what we can do while we're on the, on the retreat to help kids yeah. come closer to christ um so we we hope so, that you enjoyed this episode but we're going to come right yeah, back film part two and we're going to air that next week yeah so but uh as we close out please give us a follow on all of our social media please consider uh helping us out on patreon and uh you know, we are two catholic dudes yeah thanks for thanks for listening and uh tune in next week for part two episode six that's a wrap we will see you guys next week thanks for listening thanks for watching see you god bless